Welcome to the Conversation Starters. This is a podcast about getting beyond small talk and into better conversations with anyone. I'm Hannah. And I'm Karina. And today we are concluding our series about apologies, specifically apologies and culture. But first, Hannah will share the question of the week. Okay, so our conversation starter this week is, in what ways are you like your parents and in what ways are you different? Uh-huh. I think we're going to actually get into this question later in this episode, right? It, it felt, it felt uh, relevant. I remember in one of our early, early episodes, I think it was Consider the Context, like our second episode, we talked about how the same question will land very differently at different levels of trust. So this is a perfect example of a question that if you ask someone in the first couple weeks of getting to know them, they'll you'll get one answer. And then a year later, different answer. When you know the family well, different answer. Yeah. So that's a factor to keep in mind. But there's many different ways that you can ask it. And ask about, you know, which parent you take after and it's a good question also just for for yourself to understand. I think you asked me this question last week and I've been like thinking about it constantly in my head and I'm trying to like figure out what the answer is because it's there's so much more depth to it um and it's such an interesting thing to explore. And even to explore with your parents. I mean, I've been talking about it with my parents now for a few days. And it's so interesting to hear their perspective too. So it's also a good conversation starter or a good topic for conversation with your family. So in our last episode, we played a lot of the recordings we received from people on what apology looks like in their culture. And if you haven't listened to part one, you got to check it out. Today, we're going to be focusing more on... Um, two specific cultures, which are the Swiss culture and the Lebanese culture. We had an interview with two amazing ladies who shared a little bit about their cross-cultural experience. They are roommates in Lebanon. Um, Nadine is Lebanese and uh, Noemi is Swiss. And uh, we were able to ask them a little bit about their experience with apologies, with conflict and with forgiveness. And they had some really great thoughts on the topic. Yeah, so living in other culture, one thing that I realized how uh, easy I would say uh, I'm sorry without actually really meaning it. It's put like we are in the, like I'm from the from Europe, so we are doing it easily and here not. But then I also saw like sometimes in our culture we do it so fast that sometimes in the in my culture we we are trained to do it, but also are we really meaning it? So I had several moments where. Uh, someone would challenge me like, okay, do you really mean this actually, this apology? Is this just like a sorry, so you're getting through? Or are you actually meaning it or not? For me, words are really important. So I would, if I apologize, I actually also need the other person to tell me I forgive you. It helps me to hear this word, these words. And this is also something that I realized it's not the same for everyone. But for other people, maybe the action is more important than the words. And for me, the words are... Um, very important and I never thought about the action at that as that important until I got here and started to live with other people or like to be around people from another culture. So I was laughing when she was talking a little bit about like okay uh, I need to say the words and it's a clear as you mentioned as well Karina it's a like I need to say okay I'm good now I'm on a clear slate and <laughs> Yeah, expressing it in words, it's a bit different for me. And I was recalling a little bit how my dad used to sometimes, like as a man, kind of apologize. And I actually took that from him in a way. 
uh, in the sense like, okay, um, we were into this and it's like, okay, I'll just bring you coffee or let's go and hang out or just like reaching out to the other person and uh, maybe not verbally. For me, it feels like, oh, it's more natural actually to show the other that you actually forgave them. But I want to give an example for that. So one time there was a conflict happening in the evening and then next morning my friend brought the coffee to my bed and I was like, what is that? And then I realized, ah, this is the apology for the thing that happened yesterday evening that made <laughs> that kept me from sleeping. So now I get the coffee as a sign of apology, which for me was new, but actually also nice. Ah, oh, okay. So that's also a way how, and I, I understood, even if there were no words, I was like, ah, oh, this is an apology and I accept the coffee. So that means I accept the, uh, the apology and I forgive. So it was actually a, na a nice and new thing for me. Noemi, can I ask you something? Um, um, so since I came to Switzerland, I feel like, I don't know if you relate to this, but I feel like the more I get immersed into the culture, the more I feel like we are a culture who wants to do everything right. Um, and so a lot of times I feel like I apologize just to make sure that I, my record is clear, you know, like I'm, I'm doing it right. And I am just like, I'm not really apologizing because I regret what I did or I really care about the other person. I'm just apologizing because I want to be right again, you know, and I want to be able to say, this is me. I have a clean record. No one can come after me. <laughs> so I totally see that. Um, as in Switzerland, you try to, you think of yourself, you are like a really good person already. And of course you do like little things maybe wrong, but not really a big thing. So you, you apologize for little things to, yeah, to keep your record clean. Switzerland has a Christian culture. So the idea of forgiveness is culturally kind of in there, but we lost actually the core of it. It's now detached from the root. The root is. If you do something wrong, it separates you from the person. It separates you from God. But we kind of just uh, detached it from this root that we are really in need of forgiveness and just try to make it. Uh, yeah, it's something nice to do. So we are we keep uh, yeah we keep a clean record, but we don't ha we're not actually um, connected with the root of what forgiveness is anymore. So this is what I see in. Yeah from our culture. And yeah, it is, as you said, like, how much is it really about the other person? And how much is it like for me? In, the, in this year, since I'm here, there were several moments when I really, really saw how bad I was, like how I was like really doing things really that hurted other people. And suddenly you're like, oh, I really, apology really means that I, I am really wrong. I hurt this person so much. So it needs, it needs apology and it needs forgiveness in this to actually be able to continue. And I never had this in this intense way before. Um, yeah. When I was in, in Swiss culture, it was really so, it was different. Nadine, how would you describe forgiveness or what would you, what do you think about when someone says, um, forgive? If you're thinking through the mentality of your culture, in general, Mike, generally, my country kind of cares lots of 
unforgiveness and <laughs> like we have lots of conflicts and because we were occupied by other countries we have like actually how to say hurt we are hurt from other countries and all of that so it's carried up on the whole country yeah i was mentioning to naomi before as well about the same uh, the same idea about like you know uh, forgiving lightly or not lightly or apologizing lightly or not generally it's seen as kind of weakness you're giving up your identity you're giving up uh, your right you know to other i'm talking generally but like uh, Personally, as a Christian, for me, forgiveness is a biblical thing. It's a biblical thing. It's uh, healthy for me before anybody else, kind of. The last few years, I was uh, actually working with the Syrian refugees. And who knows Lebanon knows that has Lebanon has a background with Syrians. And there is bitterness between the two people and hurt. And for me, I always said, like, I'm fine. Like... I don't have this. I don't, uh, how to say, I don't carry anything, any hatred. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I've released forgiveness and all of that. But then when I started working, <laughs> and then things started coming to the surface and I had to take a decision. Okay, I need to really forgive. <laughs> so in this way, like, you know, and it, it was a walk with me and God to actually be able to release forgiveness and be actually to reach out with love to others. Because unintentionally, I didn't know even, I didn't know like that I carry the unforgiveness of my people. It wasn't me personally even, like it was like, you know, like I took the hurt of the country, of my people, of the whole thing. And if you could, if you could um, share something with your culture or point your culture towards something that you've learned, um, what would you think is the most important thing? Expressing it verbally sometimes because because you are uh, facing so many different uh, types of people, different like so many people that are like they might not communicate the same way that you do. So of course to have a meaning behind it. But sometimes I noticed actually that just because sometimes you didn't say sorry, it builds up in the other person. So one thing I think it's really important for us in Switzerland to understand more is that forgiveness and apologies are it's like really something powerful and we should not take it lightly. It's not not easy. So if we don't if we don't take it lightly, it means also we have to we have to change our action so it can really free us from yeah, what we did. And, and would you say also something about forgiveness to your culture or? I mean, we're all human beings. We all do mistakes. Nobody has a clear slate. You know, nobody has a white past, present and future. So as we receive forgiveness, we should extend it to others. And it's actually freeing, freeing us to move forward because it, it is how to say, it's like a chain holding us to the past. Wow, I, I really love this interview because it's crazy. I, I come from a Swiss Lebanese family and I grew up in those two cultures um, in the contrast that they are talking about, but I never really noticed the details. And it's crazy to like sit down and listen to these two people expressing um, 
the very vast differences between the cultures and pointing them out to me who who kind of lived in both. You said in the past growing up uh, in a cross-cultural environment in your in your own family it's like it's more blended than that and in these episodes you've been saying oh it's interesting that's more where that comes from that's more where that and it's like trying to put it all together. How are you feeling about it now? <laughs> I can I can label a little bit how I tend to be as a person. I would say exactly I grew up with a lot of directness when it comes to apologies in our family. We my mother who is Lebanese insisted that we always had to um say what we did wrong and then say sorry for it. Um, which we really, really hated because we were okay with saying sorry, but we hated saying what we did wrong. <laughs> um, but that was that was very important. And this was my mother who taught me that. I wouldn't say I've always been good at it. There have been moments where I lied to get out of an apology or I just shifted the blame on someone else. <laughs> I, I'm not at all a good uh, apologizer. Like I, I would say, I'm I'm good at uh, admitting to failure when it's not very embarrassing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess uh, you, most people can relate. But, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but anyway, I've I've noticed a few incidents where um, I made a mistake or I said something. And I went home and I realized, whoa, that was not, not okay. And I went back and I stood in front of the person that I insulted or said something bad to and had other people listening. And I apologized and said, I am sorry for saying this and this to you. It was not okay to use these words. And the person was completely shocked. I was like, what? You don't need to apologize for that. That's completely fine. Like, I, I already forget, I forgot about it. And... And they were, like, really shocked that I would come and, like, do it so directly. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess when it comes to apologizing, I do rather tend to the more direct side. But um, I would also say that I am very aware of people's emotions and people's feelings. And um, I would say that a priority for me in apologizing is always the relationship, um, yeah. which is much more from the Lebanese side. The relationship is the important thing and having harmony in the relationship and knowing that we're okay, um, inviting mm -hmm. each other over and, you know, all of that. Um, that is something that I walk around with. Like, I want to know that the relationship is doing good. What did you think of the different examples of indirect apology, like um, showing through gestures? Do you still have that in your toolkit, kind of? Like, I can express myself in this way? Or what do you think? Yes. Or maybe or maybe it's just backing up with action. Like, you've already used the words, but then you want to go on to prove it through actions. You know, I I feel like I used to have it more. And as I grew up, or maybe that's just my worldview that the the more I mature, the less I feel like I want to maintain relationships 
where I feel like I have to apologize and then do something to show them that I'm sorry and then do something else to show them that I'm sorry and then like invite them over and then get them a present and mm, you know yeah that's interesting I think it is it is valuable especially with maybe relationships where you're not that close or where it would feel too direct to actually go up to the person and say I'm sorry Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, maybe it wasn't something very directly addressed at them but maybe like you had a party last night and your guests were a bit too loud and in that case I see the value of bringing a cake to your neighbors the next day and being like oh I'm sorry for the noise I just wanted to bring you something to make up for it you know <laughs> well hey we can we can talk about that example because I, I'm I've been in that situation lately my um I have two young sons and they are not quiet when they get out of bed. And so we had a neighbor really, really very politely address this with me. I have already been really working on this with them. And I find it like to have someone tell me that it's bothering them is really hard to hear, really hard on top of everything else, you know. But what I'm liking, like what I'm thinking about as we're talking, actually reinforcing it with more things would would broaden like how she knows me. definitely okay now that you're bringing it up an idea is like clarifying itself in my head again i'm gonna use lebanese culture but it doesn't it's not lebanese culture it's like the warm culture that i grew up in um what we do is basically wherever you are you want to build up a type of relationship with the people that can cushion you in case of conflict a type of relationship that's strong enough for the other person to be able to um, look away if you make a little mistake or um, not take it very personally. Mm-hmm. There is this kindness between us that kind of cushions um, the conflict and then you don't have to go and apologize for it. And I think that's something that is really interesting and I definitely do that in my relationships now in Switzerland also. I I kind of try always to have like this uh, friendly back and forth with anyone I know mm-hmm. to kind of establish kind of um, just a friendly uh, atmosphere that can cushion any type of tension or conflict. And I think that's a very, very good tactic for uh, getting along and for harmony. I would like to really highly recommend this way of looking at things to people that come from cold cultures who are apologetic because we're uncomfortable with the situation too but if you have those um those that relational framework where you start depending on one another it's a lot easier and i i do think i've experienced this more coming from a, a small town or a rural background and it just because i think what a lot of the times this comes from going through difficulty together and needing one another yeah. and so i think yeah. if you've come from a place where there's more like there's more poverty, there's more difficulty. And, and where I grew up, it's like you are so dependent on your neighbors to take care of like shoveling snow and like digging you out mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. another vehicle and all that stuff. And that's the stuff that makes it okay when there's problems, mm-hmm. you know. And so I do see that. But I would say that broadly, coming from an individualistic culture, we have like no mileage when it comes to an offense, because you can just cut that person out and there's no consequence to you. You can go find somebody else. And that's, I think, where the real loss is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so funny, you know, like 
me telling you about how important it is to have this friendly back and forth with neighbors and all of that. My grandma here in Switzerland ha lives by a very strict rule of you don't become friends with your neighbors. And, um, and every time I'm like, oh, you could invite them over. And she's like, no, you don't become friends with your neighbors because you want to avoid problems with your neighbors. Mm. Um, you stay on friendly terms Maybe occasionally um, she she takes a present to the landlord, uh, but she never never crosses that like relational limit with her neighbors. It's like a boundary people have with colleagues. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want them to see me hanging out casually because we have to work together. Not everyone has that mindset, but I hear it a lot in a work context. When I first moved to Switzerland. I walked around constantly afraid of making a mistake, knowing how important it is to keep your slate clean. I told my friends before I moved here, I told my friends, I, I think you're going to have to bail me out of jail a few times because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break laws I don't even know exist. And they laughed and said, in Switzerland, we can't bail you out of jail. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, this 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 knowledge of There is a system that functions, and if something is not working, then usually it's your fault. Um, you carry it's it's like a pressure, and it's mm -hmm. something you carry around with you. Mm -hmm. The, but on the other hand, um, you know that things work smoothly as long as you're doing the right thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you only carry the responsibility of what you're doing you know mm, interesting yeah in contrast to living in lebanon where you you don't worry so much about making a mistake because the whole system's broken already <laughs> <laughs> and you know that like when things are not working perfectly it's usually it's usually not directly your mistake yeah yeah it's it's a much bigger thing and and in that case it doesn't really matter if you're if you're You know, you don't feel so much pressure around how you're behaving and what you're doing and and all of that. And so it's I would say it's very different dynamics. And it was very easy for me in Lebanon to feel like I was a great person mm, mm -hmm. because I felt like I was more conscientious than a lot of people. <laughs> um, and then coming here and everybody being as conscientious as I am or even more now I feel like I'm the bad person <laughs> like oh I I mean ethical clothing and when I was in Lebanon I was the one who was wearing ethical clothing and now I'm just like the worst <laughs> yeah 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 it's crazy to feel that shift of of a place and um, but it's humbling also to remember that it, it's about my perspective on the world and it's about understanding the people around me and learning to communicate and learning to um, find find good ways to um, build relationships and to to be a part of the system you're in but always keep striving for something better mm -hmm. I think we could go on forever on this topic, but it's been long enough. Yes, set me free from this topic. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this uh, series is that I want to congratulate ourselves on <laughs> on connecting with so many people around the world. Because in times of no travel, I feel like I've been able to go on a 
imaginary travel experience around the world and it's been really nice um so thank you to everybody who was able to reply so fast and give us mm -hmm. your perspective and send us your audio messages and we love you and we appreciate you and we want to give you a big wireless <laughs> hug all right on that note on that note <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, <laughs> look at how happy it makes Karina. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at contact at the conversation starters.com for our email or on Instagram. We're at the conversation starters. Yeah. Send us a message or a comment there. Yeah. Bye.